section five of the rover volume one number thirteen this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the rover volume one number thirteen edited by seba smith and lawrence labrie section five natural affection a writer in one of our southern papers combating the common idea that there exists an instinctive affection which would attach to each other relatives who were unconscious of the fact and by the force of which friends long separated might instantly recognize each other cites the following characteristic anecdote of our illustrious countryman franklin as a proof of the truth of his arguments dr benjamin franklin after the decease of his father returned to boston in order to pay his respects to his mother who resided in that city he had been absent some years and at that period of his life when the greatest and most rapid alteration is made in the human appearance at a time when the querulous voice of the stripling assumes the commanding tone of the adult and the smiling features of youth are succeeded by the strong line of manhood the doctor was sensible such was the alteration of his person that his mother could not know him except by that instinct which it is believed can cause a mother's heart to beat violently in the presence of a child and point the maternal eye with quick and sudden glance to a beloved son to discover the existence of this instinct by actual experience the doctor resolved to introduce himself as a stranger to his mother and to watch narrowly for the moment in which she should discover her son and then to determine with the cool precision of the philosopher whether that discovery was the effect of that instinct of affection that intuitive love that innate attachment which is conjectured to cement relatives of the same blood and which by according the passions of parent and child like a well-tuned viol would at the first touch cause them to vibrate in unison and at once events that they were different chords of the same instrument on a sullen chilly day in the month of january in the afternoon the doctor knocked at his mother's door and asked to speak with mrs franklin he found the old lady knitting before the parlour fire introduced himself by observing that he had been informed she entertained travellers and requested a night's lodging she eyed him with that cold look of disapprobation which most people assume when they imagine themselves insulted by being supposed to exercise an employment but one degree below their real occupation in life assured him that he had been misinformed that she did not keep travellers but that it was true to oblige some members of the legislature she took a number of them into her family during the session that she then had four members of the council and six of the house of representatives who then boarded with her that all her beds were full and then betook herself to her knitting with the intent application which expressed as forcibly as action could do if you have concluded your business the sooner you leave the house the better but upon the doctor's wrapping his coat around him affecting to shiver with cold and observing that it was very chilly weather she pointed to a chair and gave him leave to warm himself the entrance of the boarders precluded all further conversation coffee was soon served and the doctor partook with the family to the coffee according to the good old custom of the times succeeded a plate of pippins pipes and a paper of mcintyre's best when the whole family formed a cheerful smoking semicircle before the fire perhaps no man ever possessed the colloquial powers of a more 
fascinating degree than dr franklin and never was there an occasion when he displayed those powers to greater advantage than at this time he drew the attention of the company by the solidity of modest remark instructed them by varied new and striking lights in which he placed his subject and delighted them with apt and amusing anecdotes thus employed the hours passed merrily along until eight o'clock when punctually to a moment mrs franklin announced supper busied with her household affairs she fancied the intruding stranger had quitted the house immediately after coffee and it was with difficulty she could restrain her resentment when she saw him without molestation seat himself at the table with the freedom of a member of the family immediately after supper she called an elderly gentleman a member of the council in whom she was accustomed to confide to another room complained bitterly of the rudeness of the stranger told the manner of his introduction to the house observed that he appeared like an outlandish man and she thought had something very suspicious in his appearance concluding by soliciting her friend's advice with respect to the way in which she should most easily rid herself of his presence the old gentleman assured her that the stranger was certainly a young man of education and to all appearance a gentleman that perhaps being in agreeable company he had paid no attention to the lateness of the hour and advised her to call him aside and repeat to him her inability to lodge him she accordingly sent her maid to him and then with as much temper as she could command recapitulated the situation of her family observed that it grew late and mildly intimated that he would do well to seek himself a lodging the doctor replied that he would by no means incommode her family but that with her leave he would smoke one pipe more with her boarders and then retire he returned to the company filled his pipe and with the first whiff his powers of converse returned with double force he recounted the hardships he extolled the piety of their ancestors a gentleman present mentioned the subject of the day's debate in the house of representatives a bill had been introduced to extend the prerogative of the royal governor the doctor immediately entered upon the subject supported the colonial rights with new and forcible arguments was familiar with the names of the influential men of the house when dudley was governor recited their speeches and applauded the noble defence of the chamber of rights during the discourse so appropriately interesting to the company no wonder that the clock struck eleven unperceived by the delighted circle nor was it wonderful that the patience of mrs franklin by this time grew quite exhausted she now entered the room and before the whole company with much warmth addressed the doctor told him plainly she thought herself imposed on observing that it was true she was a lone woman but that she had friends who would protect her and concluded by insisting on his leaving the house the doctor made a slight apology deliberately put on his great coat and hat took a polite leave of the company and approached the street door lighted by the maid and attended by the mistress while the doctor and his companions had been employing themselves within a most tremendous snowstorm had filled the street knee-deep and no sooner had the maid lifted up the latch than a roaring northeaster forced open the door extinguished the light and almost filled the entry with drifted snow and hail as soon as the candle was relighted the doctor cast a woeful look toward the door and thus addressed his mother my dear madam can you turn me out of your house in this dreadful storm i am a stranger in this town and shall certainly perish in the streets you look like a charitable lady i shouldn't think you could turn a dog from your door on this tempestuous night don't tell me of charity said the offended matron charity begins at home it is your own fault you tarried so long to be plain with you sir i do not like your looks or your conduct and i fear you have some bad design in thus introducing yourself to my family the warmth of the parley had drawn the company from the parlour 
and by their united interference the stranger was permitted to lodge in the house as no bed could be had he consented to repose on an easy chair before the parlour fire although her boarders appeared to confide in the stranger's honesty it was not so with mrs franklin with suspicious caution she collected her silver spoons pepper-box and porringer from her closet and after securing the parlour door by sticking a fork over the latch carried the plate to the chamber charged the negro man to sleep with his clothes on and to take the great cleaver to bed with him and to waken and seize the vagrant at the first noise he made in attempting to plunder having thus taken every precaution she retired to bed with her maid whom she compelled to sleep in her room mrs franklin rose before the sun roused her domestics and found the stranger quietly sleeping in the chair a sudden transition from extreme mistrust to perfect confidence was natural she awakened him with a cheerful good morning inquiring how he had rested and invited him to partake of her breakfast which was always served previous to that of her boarders and pray sir said the old lady as she sipped her chocolate as you appear to be a stranger here to what distant country do you belong i madam belong to the city of philadelphia at the mention of philadelphia the doctor declared he for the first time perceived any emotion in her philadelphia said she and all the mother suffused her eye if you live in philadelphia perhaps you know my ben who madam why ben franklin my ben oh he is the dearest child that ever blessed a mother what said the doctor is ben franklin the printer your son why he is my most intimate friend he and i lodge in the same room oh god forgive me exclaimed the old lady raising her watery eyes to heaven and have i suffered an acquaintance of my benny to sleep in this hard chair while i myself rested on a good bed how the doctor discovered himself to his mother he has not informed us but from the above experiments he was firmly convinced and was often afterwards heard to declare that natural affection does not exist End of section five